Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Today's conversation should be fun as we're going to talk about food. (laughs) awkward silence, and most importantly, fasting. So welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. If you're a new listener, excited to have you with us. If you want to learn a little bit more about Tommy and I, feel free to go back and listen to the first couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. But we ask you to give us a little grace. That was a couple years ago. We feel like we're getting better at this as we go, as the listenership expands As more of you reach out to us and continue the conversation around the fasting lifestyle, we want to most importantly welcome you in if you are new. And for the longtime listeners, as always, appreciate the shout outs, appreciate the encouragement and you being on this journey with us. Please feel free to leave us a review for the five star kind that tells the podcast gods that we are doing something good, that we are providing value. And hopefully you guys can uh, get on this fasting train and this fasting lifestyle with us. So, Tommy. Today's conversation, we are going to talk about fasting, but we're also going to talk about this concept of food freedom Mm. and unpack a little bit of the mental strain and the, dare I say, obsessive potential nature Mm -hmm. of highly always being on and guarded and stressing about worried about the food and our food intake and our calories and our all of the stuff that goes with that dieting mindset. So there's a research article on food texture that we're going to touch on, but we really want to frame it out in a way to start creating some boundaries around our connection with food, our emotional connection with food, our relationship Mm -hmm. with food, and how fasting can actually change our food experience, which Mm. you and I have had some big personal experience with, but also have heard now through the 39, almost 4,000 people that we've taken through the challenges that their relationship with food has dramatically changed in very specific ways. Yeah, I I really think it's a powerful thing that I couldn't have uh, predicted a couple of years back how fasting really does change your food, like your relationship to it, the the way you look at it, the way you think about it, and and the way you no longer have to think about it in certain ways too, that can really be come like like a defining part or like a central thought. Like when I was when I was going through having a tough time, like dropping the weight that I had been accumulating for multiple decades, I would wake up and go to sleep, and every minute in between that, you know, be thinking about what I was going to eat or or how or when or how I was going to pack it up or what it needed to look like, all that kind of stuff. And then it, it only made it worse that I couldn't seem to get results to stick. And that just made me more and more obsessed about it and anxious and and just worried. And it was like this constant 
frustration point and battle that I didn't find freedom from until I started to get, you know, better and better with my fasting. Yeah. More fasting reps got us there. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, diving into Dr. Fung's books and the research. And yes, we do talk a lot more episodes, you know, more heavily research-based, more nuanced life application-based and everything in between. Yeah. But if it was easy to lose weight and have a healthy relationship with food, then we wouldn't be where we're at in terms of our individual health, but also the metabolic health of the country, the weight issues we have, and then yeah, all the, the disease processes and the healthcare costs and yeah. decreased quality of life that comes with it. So food freedom really comes with a gigantic number of benefits, right? So like you're going to free up so much mental space mm. <laughs> and yeah. enjoy your everyday life so much more. Like for instance, I use the example of when I travel now. Yeah. I have a lot less and now traveling now more than ever is even more stressful, right? Mm. But I never think about when am I going to eat? Do I have enough time when I get to my layover? Are we going to yeah. eat when we get there? What I kind take of my water, I take my salt, my electrolytes. Maybe I'll bring an LMNT with me and I just get on the plane. Like I got <laughs> kids, like I worry about them, okay? It's just a lot simpler. So we've referenced a study in the past where they looked at the amount of decisions that the average person thought about yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to food. So decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. Conscious decisions about food. And they went through the study, they did the questionnaires, and the average of the amount of decisions that people thought they made was 15. For food? For food, in relation to okay. food, in any given day. They thought yeah. they made 15 decisions yeah. related to food. Sounds reasonable. It does, right? I would have said right. maybe 20, right? I'm yeah. thinking, you know, back in the day, three meals a day, snacks, shopping, right. prepping recipes for the week. And maybe on yeah. Sunday, there is more because my wife and I will talk about the week on Sunday. She's like, sure, when are you 30. eating? What are, yeah, yeah, right? 260 plus decisions oh is gosh. what the research showed it's on any many. given day way in regards many. to food. That is a lot of time. And then we hear this a lot. Oh, I started fasting. I have all this time. I'm not in the kitchen. I'm not shopping. I'm not meal prepping. Right. So there is an absolute benefit to honing your fasting muscle and then experiencing over time how fasting changes your experience with food yeah. and changes your intention, changes your mindset. So I want to go into the research article, which we stumbled upon from Stronger by Science. Mm -hmm. And the research article itself was looking at the texture of food. So it was in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in July of 2022. So we're talking like right out the gates, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it talks about texture-based differences in eating rate, influence energy intake for minimally processed and ultra-processed meals, okay? That's so a there's, there, Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Dad jokes. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Sorry. Sorry. That's right. Just kidding. I liked it. I'm going to write that one down. So <laughs> I'm going to tag this timestamp so we can we can pull that excerpt out. Right. That was really yeah, good. Absolutely. So the consumption of ultra processed foods, we've talked about this before. If you're going to be eating carbohydrates, make sure you're getting them from natural sources. Try to limit the restaurant refined, processed, highly caloric, low satiety filled foods, right? Yeah. And the liquid, liquid yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Liquid. Even yeah. worse, right? Yeah, just like through a straw. Here comes yeah, the calories just, like per yeah, minute. Sucking down the, uh, yeah. the 5,000 calorie shake oh, from Chick-fil-A, right? So oh, man. why this matters is 
in the study provide simple and like practical guidance for influencing the food texture on how much we consume, okay. right? So we can yeah. talk about quality or the content of the actual food, but here we're talking about the quantity, hmm. the actual intake. So not what's in the food that makes us want it more, yeah. like the hedonic food scale and yeah, how we have an attraction and craveability and yeah. mouthfeel. So we've we've talked about the the book Salt, Sugar, Fat before, and if you haven't read it, it really gives you a oh, perspective man. on a uh, New York Times investigative journalist, right? New York mm -hmm. Times bestseller, he's an investigative journalist, and dove into how the food supply has changed and it's stacked against us in terms of our desire, satiety, and attraction to certain sure. foods, right? Sure, yeah. So why this matters is processing can influence our eating habits, which means the amount, the quantity that we are coming in, which then throws off our energy balance and our hormones, mainly mm -hmm. insulin, which is our yep. fat storage, fat burning hormone. And then the texture in hard versus soft. So how can we start adding in foods during our eating opportunities that are more nutrient dense, which we talk a lot about, but yeah. also tend to decrease the energy intake. So yeah. they looked at four different categories and it was really cool what they found. Yeah, because if we're in a point where we actually you know, need to drop some weight, we're in a weight loss portion of our journey, then these kind of things are important because how I'm actually bringing in my food is going to matter how satisfied I feel and the ratio of actual calories and macronutrients that I brought in within that period of time. Let's call it a, a nutrition window or an eating opportunity right? Especially if I'm contrasting that with my fasting time, hopefully, right? And the fact of the matter is that if I take something like, let's say a, a really good, healthy smoothie, okay? Like a green smoothie with, with protein in it. If I took all of those ingredients and I didn't blend them into a smoothie and I had them all in a bowl, like I had all the raw foods of it versus putting it into a smoothie, one of them is going to be, I can get through it pretty quick. You might be able to drink a smoothie in five or 10 minutes, right? But to eat all of the components that were in it is going to take a lot longer. I may, I may be just ultra full before I even got to the bottom of the bowl. You know, it's, it's very different. So, so my caloric, my rate of calorie consumption during that time is going to be very different. But those are the kind of things where that's not an ultra processed food, but it is a processed food. Just the mechanical processing of those ingredients means that I took in the food and the energy at a different rate, which, you know, maybe kind of splitting hairs if, if I'm maintaining a healthy weight, but if I need to lose some weight, tap into some long-term fat sores, it's going to be a lot easier if I'm taking in the whole food version of it rather than the processed smoothie, right? How many recipe packs and diet programs have you seen out there that come with our, oh, get our 25 best smoothies, right? Yes. Keto coffee, All bulletproof coffee. I mean, you can have three, four, 500 calories just in a bulletproof coffee, right? If yeah. you're not doing the exact measurements of tablespoon of butter, tablespoon of coconut oil, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So the study looked at 50 participants that consumed four different ad libitum means they could eat as much as they want within mm -hmm. a 20 minute window and they were instructed to eat until they were comfortably full. Okay. Okay, we're gonna zoom out in a minute and, and talk about the food freedom journey and why it's important. But there was a couple of very basic, straightforward and intuitive results here, which was what you were just saying, the soft textured meals led to a significantly greater food intake. Sure, yeah. Right? Then the hard textured meals 
largely due to that faster rate of eating. So there's actually someone out there. He is a world-renowned Olympic powerlifter. He owns all of the records for raw categories. This guy, mm. he's called the Vanilla Gorilla. And <laughs> that's his, his IG handle, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And he makes chicken and steak shakes. <laughs> Yum. He blends up chicken breasts into mm. a shake form and puts them in those Chinese food plastic takeout containers, like the quart yeah. containers with right. the, the yeah. clear plastic lids, right? It. Yeah, for yeah. the soup. Yeah. For the soups, yeah. And he, he pours them all out and he literally just chugs those things because he's trying to get in the amount of calories he needs because oh, he's man. huge. He is a massive dude that can squat over a thousand pounds, bench press over 800. It's probably even more than that. Deadlift a billion, right? Right. He's uh, a monster. Least. So he needs yeah. that intake. So what does he do? Well, he streamlines the process because he would literally be eating all day. Right. So a lot of intuition here, right? Nothing like, oh my God, I can't believe this is what it was. But energy consumed was the highest in the soft ultra processed meal. Yeah. Followed by in order, soft minimally processed. So the softs mm -hmm. come in first and second, but then hard ultra processed and then hard minimally processed. Okay. Yeah. So we could look at something like the paleo diet, the carnivore diet, you know, those types of things, which would give you a much different you know, textured food option if you're going to be following, a, you know, a certain lifestyle or way of eating. Sure. So cool thing was participants did not feel significantly more full after the higher calorie meal. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Right. Nor did they compensate for lower calorie meals by eating more later in the day. So greater energy uh. intakes in the softer and more highly processed meals the satiety rating wasn't that much different in energy intake in the subsequent meals was not that significantly impacted. So I thought that was interesting Yeah, when we're talking about satiety and relationship with food. Yeah, because it doesn't just automatically balance itself out for the better or the worse. So that means that if, if I was doing a lot of one of these things over and over, like consistently over time, then the effects are going to add up. And that's the problem. It doesn't just automatically balance itself out, especially as we get into the ultra processed kind of stuff, because then we start bypassing, heavily bypassing the body's, you know, satiety signals and the brain signals where it can pick up on these things. How many calories did I actually bring in? Get just completely bypassed. And then I can, I can be storing in a, a couple of hundred here, a couple hundred there, added up over a few weeks to months and then to years and decades. And now I have big problems that added up over just small changes in what I was taking in. Nothing, nothing major that I, that I necessarily recognized at the time. Yeah, and some of the practical strategies that came out of the, the article and then the supporting conversation from Stronger by Science again, was that you know harder food textures into our diet could passively encourage slower eating rates, right? Yeah. So yeah. eating the big salad with the extra protein is a lot easier than just blending it all together in the blender you know, mm. your spinach and your protein and your strawberries and your banana and all that stuff. And yeah. just put it in hemp seeds that you sprinkle on your salad, just throw it in a blender, boom, gone, right? Yeah. So the harder food textures, putting them into the diet will encourage slower eating rates. And it doesn't really matter the nitty gritty detail for me here, but the intentionality behind the meal time, especially when you're fasting, which we're gonna talk about here in a minute, 
yeah. is limiting the distractions, not zoning out in front of the TV or sure. scrolling, taking your time to savor the flavor and the bites and the intention out, slowing down, as I'm speaking to myself right here, and not yeah. standing in the kitchen doing a billion things while mom's got the baby and the kids are eating and the dogs need to be right. fed and the kitchen had a bomb go off, right? Yeah. So slowing down and intentionally enjoying it, as well as structuring those meals with you know more protein, fiber, higher water content, lower energy density, and really focusing on removing those highly processed foods mm. and adding in more of the unprocessed foods never mind the you know the hyper palatable high caloric dense refined processed type stuff yeah cuz what i thought was cool they they cited that actually just a a 20% change in the rate of your eating led to a 10 to 13% change in the number of calories that was coming in so that means if i can slow things down just a little bit a few more harder foods, a few less of those like really soft foods, like, like how much mashed potatoes could I eat? You know, how many calories can I bring in? Yeah. A bite a of mashed while. potato versus a bite of steak. Are you kidding? Yeah. But just think about that over a whole meal or, right. or like half of your plate worth or, or even like a, a third of your plate. It's crazy. The, the rate of calories that end up coming in versus how full I feel. Now those mashed potatoes, those are going to catch up with me, but it's going to take much longer to kind of feel that that feeling of satiety, right? And that's when the energy intake was lowest with harder texture, right? When it was combined with the minimally processed. So yeah. it's really a lot of intuitive, ah, yeah, and not really like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this was the outcome of the study. Sure. But it's the intentionality behind it that matters. So when we talk about fasting and how fasting changes your relationship with food and why we want to focus on this food freedom is because how we ended up in the sick, diseased, overweight, diabetic, heart disease, on medications, worried about, mm -hmm. you know, following in your family's footsteps when it comes yeah. to health issues later in life and not having the quality of life you want and being immobile and in pain and all of those things, you know, we didn't end up in all of those positions by having a healthy long-term relationship with food. Mm. Now, I'm not yeah. talking about the genetic conditions and those types of things, but overall, we didn't end up 40, 50, 60 pounds overweight, chronically inflamed with diabetes, which is the path that I was on, undiagnosed yeah, blood sugar issues, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't end up there by having a healthy relationship with food. Sure. Now we can talk about stress and sleep and cravings and all that stuff. But the point is, is how do we create that food freedom, right? Well, we do that through fasting by putting intention into it, because a lot of people will come to fasting for weight loss, right? Not the other health yeah. benefits. And right. they'll be like, oh, I'm doing a 16 hour window, but I thought I could just eat whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might be able to, depending on your metabolic state and your, you know, how much you've been eating recently and have you had any weight loss and how's your hydration and how's your stress and, you know, all, mm. how your hormones and all of that, right? You might be able to and how pull much off of Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. 
And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time, lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. How much of that food are you eating? Right. When you are eating too. Right? You might be able to pull off a few pounds. You might be able yeah. to get the, get the scale moving and feel a little bit different, but that's not really a sustainable weight loss strategy, right? Sure. So fasting is a weight loss tool used correctly will change your food experience. Yeah. I mean, we, we hear from a lot of people who, who say they've been doing like 14 or 16 or 18 or even 20 hour fast for a long period of time. And it's like, I can't get the scale to budge. Like, well, what are you eating? What's on your plate? It's half of the know? equation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. A lot of times at, you're not eating enough least. or the yeah. right stuff too. Yeah. That can be a problem too. But again, those can all move us away from the food freedom because even if the scale has moved significantly and you're trying to keep it off, you're trying to like get that confidence of, of I have control over what I've done and what I'll need to do to keep the weight off. That can be a food freedom issue too, where I'm just, I may not be worried about the macros anymore about the scale moving down, but now I'm so worried that the scale is going to move up that I have these, these overarching thoughts that are like with me throughout the day and I'm, I'm losing mental bandwidth over it. And I'm kind of obsessing, you know, about what and when and how I'm going to be eating, you know? So just picture this. So what we've seen with fasting is you'll start to see it doesn't change your food from like a food sensitivity standpoint, but it uncovers how different foods really make you feel or how you feel about those different foods yeah. and why or how you're using them. So you might have new preferences, tastes or distastes. You know, when you're in consistent fasting windows, you're going to get 
you know, increased ketone production, you're going to be burning those long-term fat stores. So your cravings and your hunger hormones and your satiety hormones are going to balance out. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, that emotional connection, those cues as to how we use food, right? Yeah. So I want to zoom out. Imagine this. Imagine if food no longer occupied 266% or 90 plus percent of your decisions, mm-hmm. you know, so you went from 260 to 10 decisions a day about food and you weren't constantly thinking about food or you know knowing when you're actually hungry or when you should stop eating in your eating window your nutrition window when you're satisfied knowing when to hit the gas or the brake pedal and you know learning how to listen to those responses and those cues while still being able to add in the foods that you love and that you want to enjoy as part of your long-term plan right like pizza nights with the kids and movies with popcorn, I don't want the plan that doesn't incorporate that every now and then. Sure. Yeah. I mean, right. Right. So being okay to travel and not have to stress about counting calories and hitting your macros while you're traveling or on vacation. We just did a podcast episode on vacation and then man, the feedback was crazy. Like we hit a nerve, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of positive feedback of ours. I came back and I didn't feel guilt about the decisions that I made. Yeah, Yeah. Or the anxiety or the weight or going to bed like, starting the weekend or starting on Monday, dreading that you need to get back on track. Like fasting has a powerful way to increase that food freedom, like you just said. Man, that's food freedom. I I, I love that because I mean, the the things that you can do with that extra bandwidth and like not having the frustration, anxiety, guilt, all that kind of stuff. Like, man, you start showing up in a different place, you know, in a different way, like, you know, for for everyone around you. So it's, it's really cool. And, and it can lead to results that increase the motivation, which, which means I'm doing more. And like, that's exactly why, like coming off the tail end of this, this episode, like we're going to urge you to like, to do something with your fasting, like take a look at your recent fasting. Like, like, have you been really sticking to it or have you taken it seriously? What you want to do with your fasting? Because if you're resonating with some of the things that we've we've talked about here with the food freedom or like you want more of that food freedom, start with the fasting. As you start doing more intentional things, getting more of the fasting under your belt and, and better reps and more consistency, you're going to start seeing some of the food freedom start to show up in, in sometimes unexpected ways. Yeah. So it's putting a little, I heard two things there. One I heard was uh, consistency, right? Mm-hmm. So consistency with your fasting windows or your intermittent windows, depending where you are in your journey, is going to turn into your changes with your relationship of food. If and only if you put intentionality, which is why we love this hard versus soft, minimally processed versus ultra processed conversation, because yeah. if you put some intentionality into slowing down, putting some harder foods in, putting some foods that you do enjoy in, but you know, limiting that exposure, right? Knowing mm-hmm. when you're putting them in looking at how those foods make you feel. Do you still enjoy eating the pizza night on a Friday, knowing that you're gonna feel like crap on Saturday when you've got you yeah. know, an outing with the kids or the grandkids? For me, the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So the consistency with fasting on the front end, but then putting that intentionality and the awareness on the back end that this does matter, you know? Like again, the takeaways from the research study weren't like, oh my gosh, these revelations are crazy. It was pretty, <laughs> intuitively known, right? But using that as a tool to then stack the deck in your favor rather than being up against this convenient, on the go, make the decision in the moment, go to the restaurant without a plan, 
vacation right. and just go off the rails. You know, that consistency on one end, but also that intentionality on the back end, I think is really key. Yeah, because sometimes living within that lack of food freedom can kind of make you operate as if like you're kind of repeating the, the same things over and over again. But I'll just I'll just fast longer. I'll just I'll just do a right. longer fast. I'll do a three day fast. I'll do a three day fast. Yeah. After the weekend. Well, guess what? You could just stop eating until you reached your goal weight. Ooh. <laughs> it's been done. Yeah. Go on YouTube. Yeah. There's people that do 60, 70, 50, 30 day fast and they get to a point where they're like below the weight that they wanted to lose and they're like, okay, mm. well now what? Right. Did you build food related habits and lifestyle related habits during a 30 day fast? Yeah. You probably built a lot of mental willpower versus discipline habits. Sure. Maybe you started walking some lifestyle habits, but did your relationship with food change in those 30 days? Mm. Now your hormones balanced out, your blood work probably got better, you lost a bunch of weight, right? Yeah. But now what? Right. Man, I, I would think you would be food obsessed coming off the back end of it. Like, I don't know what Slowly, to eat, hopefully. how to eat. <laughs> yeah. What would I do now, you know, right. is, is kind of like the, the back end of that equation. So, and maybe I'm yeah, speaking that, out of my depth because I've never done a fast that long. The longest I've done is nine and a half days. Sure. But I also knew that, you know, three or four days in when my ketones were down and I was feeling kind of icky, I'm like, I'm not an ideal fat burning mode here. The scale stopped moving. I'm like, why am I doing this again? Is this long term? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, I wanted food, man. I was hungry, but maybe there is a yeah. point where you get past that. My point of that was that long-term healthy food freedom takes the repetitions of the fasting on the front end and the intentionality and the consistency on the back end. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that is a big kind of like the underbelly of some of those longer fasts, you know, it could be a two or a three or a four day fast, like something that's, that's more common and yeah. just coming off of that going like, I really don't know what to eat now or how to break this fast. And then even coming off of that, it may have felt like you said no so many times that you're not really sure what to do then. So right. like just working at this, getting in in the reps and knowing that it's a process, giving yourself some some mental and physiological, you know, room to kind of like get those reps under your belt because it's going to take time. It took time to to get right. to wherever you are that right. you want to undo. So right. have some patience that it's going to take time to actually go forward and undo some of those things too. Yeah, and it was cool to see in this last challenge that we just came out of, like just the incredible like ahas, right? Especially yeah. around food. Like we do a whole day on this, right? So if you miss this yeah. last one, don't miss the next one. It's coming up end of October. But like the reality of why this topic, we were like, yeah, we I think we should really talk about this from this light because it is one of those things that it's a long-term journey, right? But yeah. you need yeah. the repetition. So if you need to get back on track or you're new to fasting, you can head to the website, the fasting for life, thefastingforlife.com. There is a resources tab. You can get the fast start guide mini masterclass that comes with about 20 minutes of videos, six short three or four minute videos to put one meal a day fasting into your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can also join us in the fasting for life community group on Facebook. Go to the show notes, click the link. We'll also, if you go through there, you give us your email. We will not spam you, we promise. Uh, we will send you the mini masterclass in your email, as well as welcome you to the Fasting for Life family. It's an incredible group. Get your questions answered, post, encourage, and be in a place of like mind around other fellow fasters, Tommy. So as we wrap Absolutely. up today, incredible conversation, food, freedom, yeah. how we get there. 
put a little intentionality into the foods that you're putting on your plate. Slow down, enjoy it, take a moment, be in the moment, and over time with staying consistent with your fasting windows, you will be able to see some incredible results. So I love it. Tommy, as always, thank you for the conversation, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.